0: Hey, um, check your bulk. Same place it always is. Bobby and Lena in the back. Thanks.
1: Your deck enjoys that. Letting people know what it's doing.
0: That's true for me as a human being and as a deck builder. I... I almost insist on being what you see is what you get in as many aspects as I can. That's yeah. So I, I really like uh, being predicted. I don't know why. I know that's not great for like card games, but since there's four players, I feel like not everybody has to be deceptive. Not everybody has to be hiding their hand. I like mm. to lessen the mystery. I like to my my decks like to be what you see is what you get. Essentially,
1: sure. I think that definitely does a good job of removing some of the I don't know, mental game that usually comes with magic a lot of times people are so in their head about the action that you're they're taking and what could be in other people's hands and what could possibly happen instead of just taking action and I think having someone that has taken action has always gives some something someone can bounce off of or make decisions based off of.
0: So I was curious, what what does this string of budget brews you've been up to, what does it say about you?
1: What, what inspires you to brew the budget style? I, I'm pretty sure it's some sort of hipsterish feeling inside me. <laughs> I, I was playing a game last night with Colin O'Clock for a little Brew Brew. We had our game. There was this, you know, just this idea of like, these cards that we're looking at right now, right now are not good enough. For most commander decks. they're just not, they're, they're cool, <laughs> yep. but they're never, they're so niche or they fit this kind of moment, the car, you know, like I want this experience to happen in, in EDH, you know, that's why I put this card in the deck, I want to feel powerful wielding this the holy Grail. Slightly, <laughs> slightly nerdy, I don't know, slightly nerdy, slightly different, slightly um, hipster approach to uh, the problem solving. So I like Budget Brews for that. I get to see a bunch of these cards. I get to play a bunch of stuff that wouldn't normally fit. And, you know, you still get to say if you set a $50 limit, it's a resource. You know what I mean? It's almost like a diverting power. And by having unlimited power, mm-hmm. it's difficult sometimes to know what's the right sort of flavor for it. But when you have like a limited power, you know now that your deck needs a change. I mean, it's got to be something different. There's a, there's a challenge to it in the sense of like, well, if I can't play every popular aristocrat effect, then I got to come up with some alternative ways to, you know, to put pressure on the game. And so sometimes new avenues mm-hmm. of approach appear and new, new metagames, you know, one might say just different systems can appear. <laughs> in that. I, there's just something fun about the resourcefulness that comes from it. My process is to find it in Moxfield and then build it in what I can in paper. So some of the first few games I play with it, or even with cards that I don't want to play, but I'm like, well, that's what I've got. Sometimes mm-hmm. I order cards to fill in, but usually, sometimes new things emerge, you know, like kind of fun experiences and memorable moments happen because of the kind of strangeness of allowing the limitation of my resources to promote that development. I like having different solutions. I like also not seeing the same solution over and over again. You know, I'm using Necropotence in one deck, but I'm using Necrologia in another mm-hmm. deck. If there was no limits to your power, either through like your financial ability to pay for everything or your printer's ability to pay for everything, if that limitation isn't there, you know, ultimately, it's very easy to want to scale up on power to like reach for the highest heights to like grab the most efficient mana value, you know, most uh, game action in, in creating cards that you could have. And by choosing a limit mm-hmm. on that power, either, ooh, one deck. Should I put an altar of dementia in the deck, or should I put in Impure Recruiter? So I have this choice of like, do I put in a mm-hmm. like a win or a combo, or do I put in a fetch card that's really good that I could line up my combo, like build my board? I think
0: redundancy is a, a huge part of high power, and I think a really cool part of lower power is kind of the lack of redundancy, is is the is kind of the old school like You don't know what you're going to draw. You don't know what's coming up because you don't have you don't have the tutors to get you the pieces you want every single time. You don't have like the best card draw to get you those pieces every single time.
1: I put together a deck that was so hipster based on some finding of like, (laughs) you need to pick a commander that is on the lowest, like the bottom rank commanders in the in the commander ranking. And I picked Zahid, Jin of the Lamb and put together a deck that was no card over a dollar. But within that combo, there was still a, there was still an infinite turn combo. I was able to bring out the Magistrate <laughs> Scepter. I had a little core tapper, be able to put a little charge counter on it, and it can put its own charge counter. So I got to take not infinite turns, but I got to take enough turns. I see a couple extra turns, and I'm like,
0: okay, okay.
1: I see, and I see infinite turns. I'm like, boo. <laughs> that deck can still almost do infinite. T- I mean, if you put enough things out that can put a charge counter on it every turn you essentially have infinite mm-hmm. turns but i felt i felt like there was no pain on my conscience no weight on my conscience because of it being a budget brew if a player goes
0: infinite i'm just like i i might roll my eyes a little bit but you know it's fine but when that player tells me i would infinite with 50 dollars i'm like okay that. <laughs> <not>. i understand <laughs> i'm gonna give you that one <laughs> You mentioned earlier when when you uh, that there's like a holy grail of plays, is I've got Godzilla, King of the Monsters, who has seven power. And what I'd love to do is this holy grail, play Assault Strobe, which is a one mana sorcery, dirt cheap, gives a creature double strike. And then I like to play Relentless Fury, which is a two mana dirt cheap instant that doubles the power of a creature. And then I like to go to combat with that, right? And we'll send in the double strike, double power for massive damage. Bam, bam, bam. It's got trample, it does a ton of damage. Once that's all done, we're not done because we're gonna cast fling and we're gonna <laughs> hurl the double powered massive monster. There's other ways to give it double power. There's also choose your weapon. So I can put choose your weapon on top of the relentless fury to double the power two times and give the creature double strike and send it in completely vulnerable to a swords to plowshares every time but that doesn't matter because I just want the holy grail play I just want I just want to go for it.
1: I was just thinking about that. That's, like, a lot of cards. You get it. That's a Holy Grail for sure, because that's, like, three, it is a Holy Grail, exactly. three cards it's in your hand, like- <laughs> maybe four cards in your hand that have right. to give you the, the answer, <laughs> like, that's a choice you're providing. It uh-huh. makes sense. So you gave me, you traded me that Dragon Deck, and the Dragon Deck has that. It has a salt Strip in there. It has the same kind of setup to do with the fling, you know, trying to win with the combo there. <laughs> So I definitely it sounds like you have a type. I know that I've seen your decks. Your decks yes. like to have that <laughs> set up. Regardless of budget or not budget. It sounds like you want that all the time. That's your just holy grail of magic, perhaps.
0: I like that a lot. I like the uh the very first thing you said was uh something about it makes you hip. It feels hip. It feels like uh You're in a hipster. Like a hipster, hipster. kind of thing. And I I really <laughs> it is totally hipster. I relate to that on a very fundamental level. I like uh it, the eldrazi are famous in magic the gathering the, the eldrazi gods and i was right. like you know what everyone knows about the eldrazi like the eldrazi gods but what about the little the little jerkbag eldrazi the little piece of crap eldrazi that were printed to oblivion that no one plays with and i was like i want to use those eldrazi i want to use the hipster eldrazi the smothering mm-hmm. abomination and like the little you know the dirtbag eldrazi awakening zone is a is a is a very cheap eldrazi card that people cut. I don't want to cut it. I want my I want my little dirt bags. <laughs> That's the core that
1: gives you Eldrazi little snack ons right? During your upkeep. I just want the Eldrazi that I can pick out of the bag. and It's like little poppers. Little Eldrazi <laughs> poppers. Bobby Christie wants to eat little Eldrazi poppers. <laughs> I want to go to Sonic, <laughs> roll up
0: to the Sonic window and say, I want popcorn Eldrazi. And they'll hook me up.
1: We're talking a little bit about uh, what your deck says about you there's the fairy conclave podcast which you have recorded for i have recorded for mm-hmm. it, where they spend a lot of time talking about decks how was your experience what do you what would you say about fairy conclave so i
0: i i talked about my Carth of the lion golgari planeswalker deck for about 2 hours straight <laughs> they gave me the space to to be as much of a nerd as
1: i wanted about it and, uh, well, we we came back from Command Fest Bellevue. Birds of Paradise raised a little over $1,300. <gasps> yes, it was amazing. Absolutely. And big thanks, of course, to Deanna, Miss Eldridge, who Nasty. was... Yeah, doing the remote stream, the rest of us were Mm -hmm. on the ground, running around, getting a few games in with our jumpstart packs and everything like that with Mm -hmm. some of the individuals that came to see us and that were new to the space and wanted to hang out and and just saw a colorful, shiny table and a bunch of friendly (laughs) masked faces, you know, inviting them over. As Birds of Paradise as a unit, over the weekend, we raised 1300
0: roughly and Tiana, Miss Eldridge, was over a thousand of that. So yeah, she absolutely deserves incredible praise. And also she has a nice project coming up with Adam the Gathering. They have the home of the host podcast. Episode one is not yet released, but we are eagerly, eagerly looking forward to that.
1: I built a white deck recently. And when I was building that white deck, I thought, Hey, I'm gonna play all new. I'm gonna be totally different. I essentially though started building the same deck. Like I found cards that were equivalent because I was like, <laughs> I love Cryptbreaker. So then I was like, oh, where's the- oh this card lets me spend some mana and discard a card to generate a creature. That's so interesting. Which was you know it's pretty much the same thing just with a different color on it. And I really just traded you the You can't aesthetic. escape discard. <laughs> I can't. I can't escape discard. So discard, if a deck is mine, it's probably got discard in it. That means like I've got to play ill-gotten gains in every one of my decks. Ill-gotten gains to black, black. <laughs> you exile the card after you cast it. But everyone, each player discards their hand and returns up to three cards from their graveyard to their hand. I love playing mm-hmm. this card especially because everybody gets to look at the game we just played and we look at the Uh game we just played and everyone pulls out their favorites, you know what I mean? They're like, I remember when I cast this (laughs) in the game. And so this is one of these cards that I think what I love about it is it does provide this kind of reflective moment in the game. People look at cards and then you get to hear what their favorites were that they played or whatever they could choose.
0: Ill-Gotten Gains is a variety is an archetype of card that I like to refer to as fun for the whole family.
1: <laughs> oh, really? And I, fun I, for I the whole family. I adore these kind of cards. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, just gather the kids, get the kids, you know, get the grandparents, come on down to shenanigans. We have ill-gotten gains. Everyone's gonna get what they like. We've got hunted wumpuses, we've got tempting worms. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, yeah hunted I, wumpus I a, is Isn't one that of everyone my, gets one to one play one of my cards? It's yeah. On it. It's four mana for a 6-6, six, six, which is pretty good. But there is a tremendous downside when Hunted Wampus enters the battlefield that each opponent gets to put a creature from their hand directly into play. So this is this is like my like version of, of fun for the whole family. And it's also leans into how I like to have very few questions, very few mystery, very upfront, like this is what's happening kind of deal. And I kind of force my opponents to also be completely upfront with what they've got going on. They're like, well, I mean, I can't not play this thing for free. If the, what they put out with the hunted wumpus is friendly, I'll be friendly. If what they put out Ooh. with the
1: hunted uh, wump- 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 wumpus is not friendly, I will turn it into a tree. <laughs> hunted Hump- Wumpus is like, <laughs> you know, like, sorry I butt dialed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually did not mean to call you. I know this is yeah, awkward. But- <laughs> right. Well, I mean, when a creator hits the battlefield (laughs) or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, Vorenk hits the battlefield Mm -hmm. and Wampus is like, boop, boop, boop. Sorry about that. (laughs) I I thought it was going to be more fun for the whole family, Mm -hmm. but then I realized some people don't know how to have fun. So I'm going to take away the fun and I'll spend my (laughs) efforts elsewhere. So I have found that. Yeah, I appreciate The hunted bumpus is a style, but there's definitely an answer. It sounds like you're not just playing it and just being like, it's fun. You're like, we're taking care of the problems. You are specifically Mm -hmm. have in your arms, like in the event that someone has stepped out of line of what you've deemed fun, you will remove it from the battlefield. Like, Elish Norn, I'm sorry, you are a frog, (laughs) and you cannot be here. (laughs) For the whole family, and I decide what's fun. (laughs) Oh, all right, all right. Wow, all right, mom. I still cast in a few of my decks, which is fun for the whole family. Clear the land for two and a green. It's a sorcery. Each player reveals the top five cards of his or her library or their library and puts into play tapped all lands revealed this way and removes the rest from the game. So this card uh, gives everybody the top five. And if you needed land, Whoa. you would get land. You know, you help out players that are a little low on mana. It kind of supercharges the game. I've kind of into this card and it's definitely one of those I don't this is a card that actually I've been playing now and I haven't been like let's stack the deck other than like I know my deck has 40 lands. This one feels fun for the whole family in the same way we talked about Veteran Explorer. I don't know if you picked this intentionally, but there is a
0: hunted Wumpus yep, directly there is. on that card.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is. I, two love two, you, I love it. I love that. You it. He's like this icon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How does Gorex the Tombshell? how does that, how, do, how does that, what does that say about you, Bobby Christine? Because I know I have my own relationship with Gorex, but I'd love to know about what Gorex says about you. Gorex says that I am a
0: low tier main. And this is something from fighting games. Um, Being a low tier main has something is something I've always done in my history of fighting games. I play Ganondorf in Super Smash Brothers, who is arguably the worst character in the game. But I put all of my heart and all of my gumption into making that dude work. And I do. I am able to make him work in a lot of situations. And Gorex the tomb shell, is a zombie turtle who's a slow sludgy not very optimized (laughs) low tier essentially character in my opinion and that draws me to him and it makes him a soft spot in my heart um that's that's why gorex is special to me because it it feeds into my uh my hipster feelings my my feeling of like i took you out with with (laughs) with <laughs> something that's not that good. And it, I don't know, there's something extra, extra that feels a little uh, satisfying or, yeah. or rewarding when I take a low tier character like Gorex or Ganondorf and I manage to defeat people with them.
1: I like I have identity problems, as I mentioned before, where I am essentially playing the same deck over and over again. I essentially started looking for similar effects that I had in Black, right? I love the Edict effects or Sacrifice effects. I don't play them all the time, but I do enjoy a little fleshbag marauder. You know what I mean. Um, and so I found this card tariff one in a white mm-hmm. sorcery. Each player sacrifices the creature they control with the highest mana value, unless they pay the creature's mana cost. If two or more creatures a player control are tied, then the player that you know controls the creatures chooses. But oh, it just felt real juicy. That's you know. So You know, you got to be prepared to pay for your biggest creature. You cast Tariff, rebuy back your Sarah Angel, and then they can't rebuy back. Like, do you really love your Maumuni Jin? Do you really love it? I mentioned Assault Strobe earlier so that I could leave this as my
0: special little pick for the Holy Grail. The two-handed axe with the double whammy with the granting the double strike on an adventure and the doubling of the power on attack. It's just everything it's the holy grail in a card beautifully designed card and oh my gosh you put Xenagos in my mind and i now realize it's Xenagos and Unleash
1: fury and all right we don't have to go down the whole list but you get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you and love
0: natural growth and...
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you enjoy just yeah like things getting multiple size larger so you're enjoying the exponential growth exponential Me growth too. is a, exponential it's a fun... growth exponential (laughs) growth is why people love to play magic sometimes because you're like now exponentially grows worlds so if a deck says something about you bobby christine what will people learn about you at the summit recently you announced that you're going to be heading to the summit this november yes um you're hoping people will sign up buy tickets and then use your code absolutely my code is you'll never guess it bobby so please wow. use that code at checkout
0: at MTG Summit. What I want to show people is I think that starting at 40 life is way too damn high. So <laughs> at MTG Summit what I do sit down for some games. I want to I want to rapid fire them. I want to get as many games as possible while still still feeling like we have the essence of a commander game. So I think I intend to start every game at 25 maybe 30 life just to shave off a good chunk of the game if possible I want to play my straightforward decks with less life so that we can just get to the point I kind of want to make the commander game feel more like a 1v1 in- possible, in the sense that it's just more this is what I'm doing back forth back forth and here is the conclusion of the game and yay we did it <laughs> I, I very graciously awarded myself the aggro queen of commander and I'm the I'm aggro that. queen I'm- of commander <laughs>
1: The Agro That's Queen right. of Commander, Her Majesty <laughs> presides. <laughs> and so the Agro Queen of Commander would probably. Check Your Bulk is a Bobby Christine and Lynn Frank production where we share a few of our favorite picks and laughs. Find Bobby Christine on Twitter and Twitch. Find Lynn Frank on Twitter. Customer was Katie Karloff. And the clerk was Bert. Thank you for listening to Check Your Bulk. Bobby Christine and Lynn Frank. At b-o-b-b-i-e-c-h-r-i-s-t-x-n-e at L Y N N V